and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Good, good evening, Daniel. How are you doing? Good. I'm, you know, I'm in the holiday spirit right now. We're feeling good. You're, you're more festive <laughs> than myself, but you know. I even got a little bit of white in the beard. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was green. No, it's gray. Right. Green, green and red, you know. No, no, no. Well, if it was green and red, we wouldn't see it. Eating the carrots and peas, you know. <laughs> Why not? Well, I, I'm feeling festive. You know, we're, we're recording this. This is the week before Christmas weekend. Yep. And exactly. uh, I think that's it's going to be a good year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because Hopefully. now we're starting to do our recap of the year videos. Yeah. Uh, talking about, like, resolutions. We're talking about, um, like, best games of the year, different things, gaming goals, stuff like that. Yeah. That yeah. we're going to be pumping out for the next few weeks. Yeah. And uh, it should be good times, I think. This, I'm this looking forward to it. I, I always like this kind of stuff. Uh, I also like reviewing how our year went, if we met some of our goals. <laughs> uh, also making new goals for ourselves. That's right. And so that's that's the uh, the big thing I like about this. is like my favorite time of year, not just because of the Christmas holiday, but for us as a podcast, because we're also rolling into another anniversary. Uh, right. part, uh, March <laughs> would be our, is it fourth year now? Yeah, it'll start, so we're gonna go begin our, our fourth year. Yeah, begin our fourth year. So yeah. we'll go into like our third year championship, retire a third game, yep. to coexist with Gloomhaven and right. Pandemic Legacy Season 1. That's right. So we're curious to see how that's going to go out. You know, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and Gloomhaven are the two that were eliminated so far. Next year, we're going to have a brand new elimination. Yeah. Um, but And I honestly, I don't know. What it's going to be. And what, really... What's quite interesting about it yeah. is the game that wins this could possibly get into the top eight for championship position. That's so right. That's right. We'll see what happens there. We might have to do the champion, like the champion of champions when we've hit our eight years. <laughs> you know, we have five more years. But at that point, I think we should just retire. If we're still doing this five do, more I years do from now, a question, we might have to stop. A question you know? for you is... I'm getting Frosthaven in. I don't know if you are or not. No, I didn't back it. Oh, you didn't back it. So I, I have not played enough Gloomhaven nor Jaws of the Lion to justify another what? Well, it's going to be. Or whatever well, yeah, it was, was hundred. Uh, it's like hundred and fifty for the Kickstarter. It's going to be like two hundred and fifty retail. Yeah. So I'm like, I I justified it because it's what I've been playing. I've been playing a massive amount of Gloomhaven. My statistics actually say that's like one of my highest played games this year. Yeah. Um, and then so. But my thing is, like, is Frosthaven allowed to be on the list if you ever do play it? Uh, for, yeah, I mean, it's a different game. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. uses the same, it's, it's a sequel, same system, sure. yeah, but. See, like, here, here's the weird thing. Yeah, I count it as a different game for every intent except for whether it goes on my shelf of shame or not. Like, sequels like that, I don't count it. Yeah. And, like, so, unless it's a campaign, which I know it technically is, right? Yeah. But not necessarily you could play any of the scenarios by itself by itself yeah you, and so it's re- recommended that you do the campaign right. so you can get the full stereo uh, thing but right. you what's to stop you from opening all the boxes and seeing everything exactly. so i have no issue with that either but like, i just want to play it as the campaign because for I love... example i just recently got ice school two in the mail well i own ice school one yeah but that does, that's not going but on the that's shame. because it's legitimately the same game it's just it, more or less yeah yeah and then uh like 
But like Jaws like, of the Lion, I'd never put on the shelf for shame because it does the same thing. Right, exactly. Frosthaven is a possibility I would put it because, yeah, it does the same thing, but it does changes things yeah. up as well. There's a reason why Wayfarers of the South Tigris, it's, it's in a trilogy. It's in the same vein right. as the other trilogies, the North Trilogy and the West Kingdom yeah, Trilogy. Yeah, but those are all, even in the same trilogies, there's they're, very, they're different, very different games. games. Yeah. So uh, Frosthaven, from what I'm hearing, does some of the same stuff but changes upon it because there's parts of it where you're actually you could build you're building up the city of Frosthaven, but you're also you could build equipment so you can get resources to build equipment yeah. and stuff like that. So it's doing different things like that. And excuse my dog. Well, so here here's what I'm going to say. I think it's perfectly fine being on our list and possibly being eliminated. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't I didn't back it. So who knows? Whenever we bait, whenever we debate it, yeah, you know. That would yeah, be up to years. you, probably, yeah. like, to, to actually have me join in on a campaign or something. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't we'll know. We'll see, yeah. We have enough campaign games. Sitting that, over uh, there that we haven't got into. That's well, right. we, uh, Another big thing we uh, decided, too, um, talking with our group, is starting up our campaign games again. Yes, that's right. So getting uh, every fifth week or so, we'll play a campaign game. Yeah, and maybe even like the uh, the King's Dilemma game that I yeah, recently yeah, yeah. got. Although I'm thinking about probably just a different day for that because I want to do it weekly if possible. Yeah, no, I don't blame you on that one. The only so, the only problem is it's hard for us to get together again right. for two days a week. Yes, uh, exactly. My wife, I'm lucky enough. My wife allows me to host one day a week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear you without you know annoying the wives. Yeah. So wives, wives permitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or significant others because all of us are now in relationships. So yep. well, not with each other, but like, <laughs> with. <laughs> The wife calls you my second wife or the well, mistress. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. I, I fulfill the board game need, I guess. Huh? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> so this this week we're going to be talking about... I'm changing that subject fast. <laughs> this week we're talking about our top eight games. It's a top eight debate week about the top games from 2022. Now, as always with our top eight debates, let's talk about this. We only include the top eight highest ranked games on Board Game Geek that specifically you and I have both played because we can't make an argue for, argument for it if we have not played them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the big thing about it is it's, it's going to be a lot of, yeah, you're right. I guess you're so. That's why we were just talking about Frosthaven. It's because we're unsure if you're going to play that one, if it will get into our top eight debates because you, you're not going to own it and I'm playing it with my wife. And right. that's something that we do together. <laughs> exactly. So, that, so like I said, it may or may not, but we'll find out. But as of 2022, there are a lot of games. We put a poll up on the Board Game Revolution forum. Yeah. And we're going to get to theirs here in a minute. But let's talk about uh, what we've been playing lately. Then we'll get into some honorable mentions, both ours and the viewers. And then we'll get into our debate. Sounds good to me. So, Daniel, what have you been playing lately? So, the first game I'm going to talk about is what we ended up playing last Wednesday. Right after our last recording, we ended up going, doing our normal game night on Wednesday. And this was your pick week. And this was my favorite of the three games that we played that night. And this one was... Uh, I, what's the wh so good? No, no. I, I I know the name of it. I'm just trying to. Uh, what is the Donald X Vakina that people record? Dominion. Dominion dice game. It's Dominion yep. the dice game. It's Pretty dice much. realms. It's so good. I actually like it more than I do Dominion. Mm -hmm. I love the to be like okay. Well, if I could do this, I, what's the point of just going to the second level? I have 
all these upgrades. That's all I've been rolling. Let me yeah. just go max out something all the way up to the, the third level. Right. And so that's what I ended up doing. And it was so fun. I liked what it, it went fast. And we were yelling at each really other. Fast. We were yelling at each other yeah. for rolling the bad die. Why would you roll that? I don't know. It's all bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, every like, person who rolled the winter, like, we blame you. Exactly. Stop making us feed our people. <laughs> and it was like, and it, it, the big joke at there was like, thanks, Juve, because he's the one that started the feed your people <laughs> aspect of it. And so everybody's going to feed their people now. But no, it was really, really fun. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, so much so, it was literally my favorite game of the night. The... I wouldn't say the prettiest game on the list, but the not no. the ugliest game on, that we played nope. last no, <laughs> it wasn't. week. But it was so fun. Yep. It is so quick because we were just sitting there listening to you read us the rules and explain how this works and this works. And we're yep. like, wait, what? And then about, I don't know, two minutes into the game, once we figured out all the rolling and upgrading and oh, your points. Gotcha. Got gotcha. you. And then it went, I would say, like 30 minutes. Yeah, it that. was super quick. It was we like all play quick... at the same time, more or less. We played the two-player game. Yeah, we played uh, two three-player games, and this one was the fastest of the yes. three games we played. Yes. Easily, and yeah. that, that's saying something because we also played a two-player game. Right, actually, you know, it was pretty close to the two-player game, <laughs> but it sure felt faster. Yeah, yeah, and, and the fact that we were having a lot of fun, joking around, mm-hmm. yep. and all it is is dice rolling. Yep. There is there is very little artwork on the cards that 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 allows you to get certain pips. Everything else is just dice rolling. Yep. This game is ugly as it. It's pretty for what it the is. The cover is nice. Well, yeah. the cover is sure. nice. The game is pretty ish for what it is, but it's just dice pips. So yeah. there is literally you're just re- literally rolling six sided dice. Yep. You're playing Yahtzee without face pips. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It doesn't need much more than that. Yeah, I I this is a good pick. I mean, because you and I discussed this briefly right before which, which games we were picking beforehand. Yeah. Um at least from that game night. And I knew you wanted to talk about this one, so I picked the other one. Uh, but did, yeah, did, did we pick the two player? Did either one of us pick the two player no. game? <laughs> no, because I, w- I had one specifically I wanted to talk about. Okay, other so than the ones. just a shout out: the two player game we're talking about is Tron Bomb. Tron it's Bomb, a, Tron yeah. Bomb, whatever. It's a train card game where yeah. it, it was fine. It was Very there's nothing special about it. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I would rate it a six, five, yeah. six. I like, what it, I like what it did, but yeah, it, it wasn't wasn't like I'm not going to write home about it like Dice Realms. Yeah, but this other one that we played, let me tell you, our viewers, about it. Marco Polo Two. We finally got a chance to get that to the table. That's been like a really well-regarded, um, heavy-ish euro. Like I guess some people would say it's medium, but yeah, they're crazy. Um, it's a pretty heavy euro. Yeah, um, it's it's had a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a I, lot of. I remember when you were teaching us this. We we're just like, <laughs> yeah, it it it's not that often that that. Like, me, myself, I know when you guys are teaching, I, I will phase out, like, do that. Well, yeah, we okay, phased yeah. out, too. Yeah, but it's very rare that you guys both collectively phase out like that. We and, started talking yeah. uh, World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, all right. But then once we got rolling, so it's a dice worker placement game. Um, a lot of the spots are variable and, and have different kinds of manipulation on it. But you set out some dice on one of the spots. You do whatever action it is. Um, potentially getting resources. Trying to get new resources, dice. Yep. The, or getting new dice. Those resources will normally uh, let you get other resources and victory points along with it. In terms uh, of contracts. contracting, yep. yeah. Um, but then or you moving. have all sorts of different things there where you're moving around, trying to get uh, 
not area control, but you kind of visit different parts of the map. Mm-hmm. Um, the part what, what makes this game really unique is first off, those contracts are really kind of neat. Yeah, like they're they're strange too. Like it'll say, "Oh, turn in two camels, two spice bags, and a gold bar, and you're gonna get uh." Like, five points, you get to move once, and then you also get two camels back. It's like, what? But, huh? Okay. But, yeah. You, like, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> I and had... so, you can kind of combo them together how you're manipulating those. How's it going, Tabletop Bellhop? Hey, Tabletop Bellhop. But, um, I, everything it did, every spot that you can put something, those extra contracts, uh, being able to go onto the different routes, the starting abilities were all very different. Everyone had their own incredibly unique ability. Then you each had your own goals of where you're trying to go. And I'm always hesitant with games that do that because then it, it yeah. feels like it almost pushes you in a way. But no, we were very much like like manipulating around each other as, as best as we can. <laughs> it, it ended up being a much closer and game the, than I was expecting. And the thing is, we were teasing our friend uh, Dom <laughs> yes. the whole time because he, it was uh, we played Lewis and Clark <laughs> one time. And we told you the yes. story before. Where he went all the way back to basically New Orleans and still beat us. Oh. And the thing is, like the first three or four turns, he had not moved out of Beijing. His, right. his he just grabbed yeah. his resources, did all his stuff, and I, I was telling uh, him, I'm like, it's 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 uh, New it, it's New Orleans again. He's yep. doing it again, Daddy. <laughs> you heard it here. Beijing is the New, New Orleans of China. <laughs> it was happening to us again. Um, I think you ended up winning that. I, one. I it was close. It yeah. was very. I mean, close. It wasn't. It, it was close for them too. I was just like minding my own business, you know, getting fat on all the camels and yeah. supplies. Yeah, you, I was a con. I was like uh, passing checkpoint. <laughs> right, you were you were definitely a resource manipulator. That was your big thing. Uh, Where mine was. I was kind of. My favorite was contract though, fulfillment. That was, was my big thing. Whereas, like, it was one whole round. I'm like, boop, boop, boop. okay, I'm done. And then I walked and talked to my wife and let you guys play out the rest of the round. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, because when you finish early, you have to wait till everyone else uses their actions. Yeah. And he used up. You used up. I think all five of your dice in one turn. I needed to, to get a couple resources. I think it was camels. Like yeah. I had to use my dice to get enough camels for the fulfill contract. But I also needed them to move like four different places this way yeah. i can go through because i still have to even though i can skip uh, a spot it's like the trading post or something like that in between right. cities oh yeah, yeah i still have to pay the road and so i'm like you know what i need to get over here for i can tag these because i have this special card where i need to get the the cities my houses in these cities for That's the right. points at the end of the game yep. so i'm like you know what I'm just going to hightail it over there. I spent all five of my dice, moved three locations, put two houses up, got one reward, and I'm like, that was a good turn. I'm done. I'm ready. Yep. Yeah, your round <laughs> consisted of a turn. A turn. But it was, was amazing it was an turn. epic turn. Because right. my ability also, when I go through those checkpoints, is I get victory points. And I went through two checkpoints. I got six victory points off that, seven victory points off finishing a contract, yep. and putting myself in locations. So. Yes. Yeah. And not only that, I got resources because I got to put two houses out and got two resources uh, uh, to be the first one there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was interesting to see how, like, even though, like, some people were using their dice a lot more sparingly, mm-hmm. specifically our friend Dom, like, I was in the middle. Uh, you were just throwing dice at everything. It, <laughs> yeah. You were speeding through it. We still all did... Pretty pretty close. Fairly, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there was there was like a six point difference or two point difference between you and Dom. Yeah. And then I was I was further back. I was about fifteen points, but that's because I got all my points in the beginning, and then I kind of yes. petered off. Yeah, exactly. You um, had no way to. I had no way to keep that. going because right. I, I got all my stuff like going early because my guy was all about going through those yes. checkpoints. 
But yeah, no, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed this one. This was my second favorite of that night. Yeah, I mean, out of the three. Yeah, but no, I mean, like, not even just, like, I don't want to seem like it's middle of the road, too. Yeah. It was, they, no, no. that was up there. I I, I am very happy <laughs> yeah, I had no, this, no, and I finally really got to play good. it. The, the only problem with this one is because we had played Dice Rubs before. Yes. Beforehand. That uh, gave me a lot of Euro uh, itching, the, the yes. scratchings, and yep. so I got that brain burner there, and then I was like, oh, wait, now I have to think more. And, and this my, was our last game, game of the, of the night. night. And it was like... Yeah. 8.30 or so when we were... About 8 o'clock when you were teaching it. It was about 8.30 no, when we started. No, it was, it was no, earlier than that. It was no, no, it wasn't because we finished at 10. So it was only an hour and a half game. Hmm. So we had to start the game exactly at 8.30 okay. or roughly. But Something it was like 8, 8 o'clock when you were teaching it. Yeah. Yeah, the teach almost was longer than the Yeah, game. the teach was long. But yeah. mind you, it's because we kept getting distracted. And then my wife distracted us a couple times. Yeah. And then we were teasing you... <laughs> You know, standard. <laughs> standard. Yeah, now, Marshall yeah. Polo 2, uh, Legacy of the Con, or something like, or on his con service. I, yeah. I forget what the subtitle is. The whole title. It's Marco yeah. Polo 2. Marco Polo 2, fantastic. And honestly, from what I heard, it's the same as Marco Polo 1. It's just that it's a reprint, plus it added a lot of the expansion yeah. stuff. So to... when you, like, for example, you know when you get to the, uh, I think when you get to locations first, how yeah. you get that extra bonus, yeah. that's like expansion stuff. And yeah, a bunch okay, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the main thing. So get that one if you're going to find it. Yes. Um, I recommend it. It's really good. It's Again, yeah. that's something I need to put into my collection because it's not going to go well with my other group, but it's going right. to go well uh, in our group. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's legitimately good. Yeah, I think it's still in the board game geek top 100, maybe? It might be. Yeah. So, the next game I'm going to talk about, um, this was when I did that whole big group a couple weeks back. Um, we had the non-gamer. Yes. Uh, this one is Fantasy Realms. I figured this would be another good, quick, easy teach to to teach her. And uh, my buddy had to go get food, so I was like, you know what, let's just grab this, and then we'll go into this heavier game. And it was so, so good, and... I really do enjoy Fantasy Realm. I don't know which one I like more, Marvel Remix, which does some really cool stuff, right. or Fantasy Realm, because I actually like both. But this was an easy one to teach, and she really enjoyed it. And yeah. it was like, okay, all you got to do is you're trying to score your cards, you're trying to pair them out properly. So what comes up over here, you can draw one card, you've got this one card. And you're trying just, to, whatever your hand is dealt, you're yeah. trying to score all seven of those. You want to try to get out the... Um, the the bad stuff that will blank some of your cards and make it useless to you. Get some stuff mm -hmm. in that will work everything at double points. Real simple, really quick, nice little filler game. It took us maybe ten minutes. So like we started playing when he left for the food and he came back with the food we had just finished up and I was scoring everybody out. Nice. Uh, yeah. <coughs> that so so good. Uh, tabletop uh, bellhop says he wants to try the Marvel version one. I really like what the Marvel version one is doing. Because you have villains. to have a you have a villain in there. You have to have at least one villain and one hero, sidekick, or there's there's one other thing that you have to get it, or you right. score zero points. And yeah. I have like, a storyline, you know. It's yeah, like, it only makes sense with comics. And so most of the he or villains are negative points, but there's some of them that are like, hey, um, if you have three mutants in, your sentinels are going to pop off for like thirty points. So oh, wow. so it's you need to make sure you have mutants in your hand. And so, but there's a shared uh, discard pile. There's two decks. Do you draw a villain deck or you draw from the remix deck? But it's a shared discard pile. So even when it hits ten, when, once it hits the tenth card, you score out. Okay. So it's like it's that nice little tightrope walk where you're like, 
I don't like this villain. Maybe I can get something new, different, come up, and they'll work better. And it's just, mm, it's a little tightrope block because, again, it's a share 10 card discard. Yeah. So, Fantasy Realms. Yeah, good pick. Um, I need to buy a copy of that. I, I actually really enjoyed it. We we sell Marvel Remix at our shop, but I don't like Marvel enough. You know, I, I you, wanted to get the like Star Trek one. one, but I've heard, I've I've heard, heard it's questionable. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's questionable. I want to get it just to have all three copies because... Yeah. Um, this way I just have like, hey, you like Star Trek? Let's try this one. If yeah. you like Marvel, here's this. If you like generic fantasy or not those other two, then try this one. Right, Cause it's... yeah. Because I like generic fantasy. And then we have sure. uh, Red Rising. I have Red Rising that's kind of inspired by it that's too. Yep. So. Yeah, most certainly. Cool. Um, last game I wanted to talk about real quick that I've been playing lately. Um, I got I brought it to the shop um, knowing that it needs a bigger group to play. And okay. I got a group of a total of six of us to play. And it was nice and slow that week, so I'm like, alright, I can actually sit down and join in, because I was just going to show it off normal. This is one of the Stephen Rhodes games, and this is called Let's Call the Exorcist. Is this the, this is the, the one, box one that you keep showing, bringing up? This was the one that takes four to eight players. Okay, yeah, It yeah. is, there is social deduction that, in it. That one, that one, yeah. And so, I know, yeah, your face <laughs> says it all, right? So, I'm going to tell you uh, on how it does social deduction quite a bit differently. Okay. And, and how it's probably the most interactive social deduction game I've ever played. Okay. Hands down. It's one of the most interactive ones. So we played six players. The The goal is to be the first player to seven points, or have the most points when somebody has seven. Okay. At the end of a round. Um, every round, someone's dealt out a random roll that you're no longer allowed to look at okay. after you see it. So you're either going to be one of the in, the... in that game, there was... Two possessed, which are basically like the traitors, you know, generic traitors. Yeah. And there's four um, innocent. Okay. Okay. So you look at your roll that's randomly picked, and you set it face out, and you're never allowed to look at it again unless a card tells you otherwise. Okay. There are three types, uh, four types of cards. There are uh, holy holy artifacts, mm -hmm. cursed artifacts, and mischief and and um, mischief and blessings. Okay. Mischief and Blessings are just effects that happen. Whereas the artifacts, that's what everyone's looking for. So, for example, um, if I'm one of the innocent players, if all six uh, in, in a six-player game holy artifacts come up, mm -hmm. then all the innocent players are going to get two points, bonus points, at the end of the round. Okay. However, there's only two cursed items, and if both of those come up, then the possessed characters get two points instead. So it's not really like you're trying to figure people out. Yes, you are, kind of. Okay. But really, at the same time, you're just trying to get the right items out. And so you could be honest in this and still mess with people. And so here's how you do it. This is what makes it different, is that you shuffle up those cards uh, in the six-player game, six holy artifacts, two cursed items, and then uh, a few other, like, eight, uh, 16 blessings and or mischief. Okay. Shuffle them all up, deal four to every player, you look at your hand, and you're allowed to talk about your hand however you want. Okay. You can make up stuff. You can say, nobody come towards my hand. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> you can you can bluff, you can lie, you can do whatever you want, right? But then, you're going to mix up your cards and put them face down in front of you. And then, one person becomes the seeker, or the chooser, the other person becomes the seeker. Okay. Um, or the chosen, I'm sorry, the seeker and the chosen. So, if I'm the seeker, I pick one other player... And I flip over one of their cards. So if you're the chosen, I'll flip over one of your cards. 
and then the effect affects us somehow, which might be like, oh, well, the seeker gets to choose another person to be a seeker, or um, both the seeker and the chosen get a point, or it might be a holy artifact or a cursed artifact, you know, however that works. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as after I pick you, then you get to pick somebody else's card. And that goes until there is a number of face-up cards equal to the number of players, or, again, all those artifacts are found. What makes it so interesting is that, obviously, if I'm innocent, I don't want people to pick it if I have a cursed item in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. So the first instinct is you would say, oh, yeah, don't pick my stuff, it's bad. But the possessed are hearing this. <laughs> And they're going to remember that. Because then now they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, they're that bad, huh? All right, here we go. <laughs> you know, and, hope, and hope to get the curse items because it's so yeah. much easier for them. And being on one of the sides or not doesn't determine the game. It just determines who gets the bonus points at the end of the round. Okay. Which is really intriguing. A lot of, the, a lot of them are just standard Stephen Rhodes shenanigans. Like there's ones, there is one, one of my favorites is that... Uh, the seeker and another player take their roll tiles, uh, shuffle them up, okay, and deal them randomly, and only the seeker gets to relook at theirs. <laughs> so the chosen doesn't know what they are now. So your roll might change mid game, and you don't know. And there's different items that'll let you manipulate that. There's different things that'll let you manipulate the cards that are on the board. Um, having just those discussions of just going, all right, guys, like mine's pretty good. Come, come get this stuff because you're going to need it. Like, yeah, it's the innocent is gonna go for that, assuming you're you're honest. And there was one time where one of my hands it was four cards, I had three holy items and a mischief card. The mischief are generally bad, right? Yeah. I mix them up, I'm like, guys, I have all the holy items, like I have three of the six. Like, come get them. And so they're like, Alright, great. And they pulled up the one the one mischief card. <laughs> instead of the, the, any of the other three holy artifacts and so everyone just immediately was like hmm yeah, sounds about I don't right. know about this anymore <laughs> I'm like no no seriously I have like all the other good ones and they're, <laughs> they're constant shifty eyes the, that discussion in between all of the rounds yeah. makes it so much better than a lot of social deduction games yeah you still haven't sold me on it I know I don't think I will <laughs> but I was genuinely impressed this is now my number two favorite Stephen Rhodes game and I played five of the six uh, let Summon Demons stole you number one? Or Let's yes. Dig for Treasure? Let Summon Demons is number one. Okay. And this is number two now, because it was just a riot of a good time. It was so fun. I am very glad I own this. Cryptozoology was a little questionable. Uh, this, the um, Talk to Strangers was questionable, and I haven't played that other one yet. So and That's the, the what, do, what do you call it, seven box? or It's the one with the dice in... Oh, um... It's a it's a version of Shut the Box. Shut the Box, there we go. Yeah, um, I forget what it's called, though. Uh, oh, Living Well is the Best Revenge. Okay. That's the name of that one. So hopefully I'll play that soon, and I'll be able to talk to it on the next podcast. All right, so you ready for the top eight debate? Yeah, let's talk about our honorable mentions for this year. We we kind of touched base already on it, like what yeah. was our best games of the year. Um, uh, so I think it's... That one specifically, when we talked about our favorite games that we played this year, those were just what was new to us. That's true. Exactly. So let's talk about the our favorite three games that are brand new 2022. Published 2022. That's right. So let us begin. I'll start us off. 
the first one I want to talk about was uh, a three-player or mini version of Spirit Island. This is Horizons of Spirit Island, which I know is already an honorable mention as one of the votes. We'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, but, yeah I mean, I want Spirit Island now. It was really good. I can't describe how awesome it is. Spirit Island, I think, is like a hundred, like somewhere between eighty to a hundred dollars, yeah. like retail. Um, this is thirty bucks at Target. That, sure, the pieces yeah, are all nice, cardboard, yeah. punch board, and stuff, but it's it's pretty decent components, actually, pretty well. Um, really fun game. I, if you know Spirit Island, there's no reason not to get this because you can use those spirits in the base game, and yeah. it's fantastic. Me and my son had an absolute blast. That is probably now his new favorite game, if not like his second favorite. And he's he's slowly turning into a gamer. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Getting him away fantastic. from the videos and putting him into the cardboard. That's right. That's right. <laughs> slowly but surely. As long as he games some way, that's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, so that's my number, number or my first one I want to talk about, Horizons of Spirit Island. All right, so I had a short list. I had five games on my list. I got narrowed down to the three that we always do. Okay. Um, and so for me, this is the top three that I, out of 2022 that I liked. Yes. Uh, the first one being is one we just recently played not too long ago, a couple weeks, and that is Skate Summer by yep. Pandasaurus Game. I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, so much so that we were doing like a Secret Santa um, a gift exchange right. in our group. It went on my list. Yep, sure uh, so, was. <laughs> so yeah. I really, really enjoyed this one. It's it's so good. I love the, the two parts of it. Sometimes when games are in two parts... Uh, the first one is usually really good, or the second one is really good. They're that not yeah. really good both ways. This one, actually, both parts of the game are really good. You're you're doing your tricks. You're trying to balance doing that little push your luck aspect of it. Right. Really, really good. And then the cards that you used help you move around the board, and you're trying to collect different things uh, that gives you bonuses. That meaning your tricks can land a little bit better, or you don't. Um, uh, you can ignore some of the, um, what is it, the dice rolling yeah. aspect of the push-your-luck aspect because you roll so many dice based on how many cards that have been played. So if you're in the fourth round of playing cards out, you're rolling four dice, and yep. it, that's what's moving your board one way or the other. Mm -hmm. It was so good. I do have one gripe with this game, and okay. I and it's a lot of people's gripe with this game, is that sure. board is, is you can't see anything. Yeah, it's it is really so dirty. busy. Yeah, it's, it's messy. It is so busy. It's ridiculous. It's like, okay, wait. Oh, okay. This is a spot. This is a spot. Now, is that blue or is that red? I can't really yeah. tell because there's just all sorts of stuff right. on it. Uh, but yeah, Skate Summer, phenomenal game. Uh, Pandasaurus, they need to get their, their house in check, but the games are solid yeah. that they've been putting out. That's so right. for me, yeah, that was my third favorite game of the year was Skate Summer. My, do we want to keep this pattern going just to run through it? Yeah. All right. My second favorite game of this year, Rear Window. Um, I what I played it after watching the movie. I thought this um, was going to well, be your first. I it it's it was on the fence. Um, <coughs> this other one was really really shot up for me. But Rear Window. Every time I played it, I loved the idea that it's either one versus all or fully cooperative. But you don't know that throughout. Only the one player knows which it is, one yeah. it's going to be. Uh, uh, it's brilliant. It works really well. A lot of the cards, they this seem... This is Funko, too, correct? This is Funko, yep. Um, a lot of the cards, is, it's almost like a Mysterium kind of game. Yeah. But they're not surreal. It's like sometimes there's silhouettes and sometimes just scenery. Yeah. And all of the cards have kind of like this ongoing pattern where they'll have like two or three aspects of it that like allude to certain characters or whatever. So it yep. can go either way and that leads to some cool discussion. I was afraid that it would be too on the nose 
Um, but no, it's, it's gone over really well every time. It's like 35 bucks. Amazing components. Uh, cool theme. The movie's awesome. Um, I, since I just watched it this year, love it. It, yeah. It's always been great. Yeah, it, it's, it's so cool. So, Rear Window. Alright, moving to my number two, uh, for me. And this one is a Phil Walker Harding game that came out this year. And it, it, the reason why it made on this list is because it's memorable to me. Is that I bought it. You and me, you bought it for us. You went to Target. Everybody yep. bought it. Uh, the game is Planted yep. by Phil. Uh, game of Nature and Nurture, I think, is the full title. Mm-hmm. Nice little drafting game. Great resources yeah. for, what, $30? Oh, Phenomenal. yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. we ended up paying $15 for this game because <laughs> we did the... Something like that. It was during the buy two, get one free. And so you ended up buying three copies of this. So I paid 15 yeah. You paid 15 Our buddy paid 15 out of it. Um, and the reason why it's so memorable for me is because I played it a few times, and it's always recommended, like, my wife is like, hey, why don't we bust out the plant game? My wife is not a big gamer. So there's a yep. few games that she wants to play. She's willing to do it in my other game group because it's a married couple, and, we, and I'm the game guru there. I don't know how that happened. But, yeah, no. They raised you well. But every time, like, it's like, hey, we have an uh, easy game night that I have to take over some games for people that are not familiar uh, that five player group was with this one as well and it's it's so nice it's very it's a very calming game all you're doing is you're drafting either uh, resources or tools or decorations to help you you play four rounds of it you try to grow your plants as best as possible because that's how you're gonna get most of your points even if you have leftover resources at the end of the round you can use two resources to propagate and that just gives you a victory point right. at the end of the round. Um, most points at the end of the game wins, it, and it's played quickly because what you do is you draw one, you draft your card, put it down in front of you, move your next one. Everybody plays their card, and you have two options with that card: play it out as a tool or resource or decoration, or you can use the number on the card to go get a new plant for you to start growing another plant to get more points. And the lower number gets the first plant, and it, I, it's very simple. It's one of the easiest games I can teach, and. Yeah. and it's next step sushi go, I guess you can say, because yeah. sushi go is pretty easy, but but it's also got a theme a lot more people are gonna like because a lot of people like plants. Apparently, my whole second bedroom is full of plants. Let me tell you. And so when we bought it, my wife's like, "You're taking that over to our friend's house to play," and I'm like, "I guess I am now," <laughs> <laughs> because it hadn't even opened it yet. It was just sitting on the table. Because you just gave it to me, and we were supposed to go that weekend to our friend's house, and she's like, you're taking that one, right? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes I am. I, well, <laughs> just so you know. And so that's my second favorite game, uh, Planted. All right, and my number one favorite game this year, um, I've belabored it a lot of times. This keeps, like, I haven't played it more than, than the one time, but yet for some, I'm getting more and more antsy to play it now. Trekking Through History. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's it's fantastic. That first initial play is leaving me wanting more. I still, I, I'm running it through in my head, like different things I could have done differently, all the cards that are on it. It's one of those games that actually made me want to learn because I flipped over the card and I started reading about it. You know, yeah. so I was like, wait, what is this? Like, let me. Yeah, yeah I, I still want to play that game. It's so good. I need to bring it. It's, it's fan- absolutely fantastic. Um, I can't encourage it more than enough. Trekking Through History 
If you have a chance to play it, play it. And that's funny because uh, I played Trekking through the national parks. Yep. I haven't played Trekking through the world, but you said there's no difference between the two other than yeah, one's there's, a little there's bit some bigger. minor details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, little bit of difference, but really not much. Yeah, but you, when you describe Trekking through history, I'm like, I, I was fine with Trekking through the national yeah, parks. It's just good. it's a simple ticket to ride style game. Yep. Very simple ticket to ride style <laughs> game. This is a very different game. But and then I saw the the summer spectacular or the winter spectacular where they were talking about it. Um, and I was like, okay, let me just watch a couple rounds of this, see how it is. And then I watched them play it. And I was like, well, now I really want to play that. Right. I, I'm sad that <laughs> yeah. I went back it because I'm a history. I was a history major growing up. So oh, I just, so Tabletop Bellhop, we're, we're getting a live announcement right here. <laughs> um, $11 off coupon right now on Amazon through Tabletop Gaming Deal. So viewers who are watching this live, if you have a chance, go check out Tabletop Bellhop's uh, Twitter. Um, uh, Twitter. Twitch. Twitch, oh, Twitter, 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 or their website, or their website, yeah, the tabletop, tabletop, yeah, and check out a link to that because honestly, I can't recommend it enough. It's really good, and it's yeah. Amazon, so you might get it in time for Christmas if you no. order it right now. Right? No, no, you won't. But uh, you could, for the loved one of yours who has forgotten to give you a gift, you can order it and place it under their card, and then so when you get it, they'll still. Oh, pay. really? Free delivery by Saturday, December twenty fourth. Order yeah. within the next three, three hours, hours and forty minutes. Yeah, where we live, I highly doubt that <laughs> yeah well we're an exception <laughs> we're an exception either way you know like it's that's it's awesome uh, well once we get the amazon uh location out yeah. uh, in el paso it'd be better yes. but my favorite game of the year uh um, <laughs> that's fair my favorite game of the year this year uh no surprise i've talked about it a couple times it's a campaign game with acrylic miniatures this is Vagrant Song. Yeah, Vagrant Song. I really, really love everything about this game. I love the dice rolling because you can get the booming, uh, they call it booming boxcar. So if you yeah. roll a six, it just keeps exploding. And so yeah. it's exploding dice. I've always loved the exploding dice mechanic. I love the storytelling in this one. I've played two, through two scenarios so far. The story about what it's telling about, and I don't want to give spoilers, is so, so, <laughs> so good. I love the fact that <laughs> uh, I love the fact that it, um, that you can even if you get knocked out you can still compete because you get knocked all you get knocked westbound you get more powerful but you need to actually become human again for you to keep moving on yeah. and it's until all characters become westbound you lose so if one of us is westbound we just fight and fight and fight and if you accrue enough coins you can cure some of your wounds that you have after you're going westbound so you're going to have to take a wound um, which means you're going to lose that thing um, yeah. unless you heal up. So, And then there's like a nice little uh, checkpoint where it's like, all right, this is where you're saving. Just make sure you remember all this, and then you're good to go on the next one. Uh, like I said, the story is phenomenal. The art is great. I love those old-timey yeah. cartoon looks. Like Cuphead has a really nice motif. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vagrant sure. Song does it a lot better. Yeah, so I love that uh, stuff. It reminds me of Steamboat Willie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I love that kind of cartoon stuff. Like, there was the one cartoon back in the day when I was younger that scared me. It was, like, the Bones when they were playing, like, the xylophone off of skeletons and stuff <laughs> like that. And so this is what it kind of reminds me of because they're the, the Haynes uh, minis are grotesque. Yeah. They, uh, some of them are grotesque. Some of them are not bad. But they, like, once you read the backstory of some of these, so, like, the very first one, when you read the backstory about them, you're like, 
oh, that is creepy. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're basically just fighting to give them their humanity. And you do it in logical ways by beating them up. <laughs> it is, of course. I love the hobo code. So the worst possible scenario, if you can't come to agreement, must be taken. Yep. Um, and so I love everything about it. So Vagrant Song has been phenomenal. And I can't wait to play more. My, my only gripe about this one is that it's campaign only. So yeah. I wish they would just, you know, give us stuff for scenario-based where, where I could just pick up and play this and be done. Yeah. I don't have to keep playing campaign-wise. Makes sense. Cool. Yeah, the other ones I thought about putting on the list were Splendor, Duel, and Ready, Set, Bet. Uh, my next, the, the other two that I was thinking about putting on here is Tenpenny Park and Creature Comforts. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's get into the honorable mentions from our viewers. We posted this on the Board Game Revolution group on uh, Facebook. Facebook. And Tabletop Bell Hub said, unfortunately, you have not played any of these 2022 games. Hopefully you will, though. I mean, that I, I do encourage trying through history if that's your style. Um, check out how it's played. But let's see which ones were added on. Uh, Jackie added Carnegie. Uh, that's a heavy Euro game. I know it was out. I haven't played it yet. Or Carnegie, I've heard it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Carnegie. Carnegie, but it's Carnegie. Because yeah. it's based off, I think, Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Uh, the next one added by Brant, and this is Frosthaven. And that that's hurts. because East Coast can only ha has Frosthaven right now. West Coast has just started their deliveries. Yep. Uh, Doug added Resurgence, which I know nothing about. I don't about know nothing about that one. Nope. Uh, Jason added Allsworn and... I haven't played it. I've heard about it, and those minis are something else, let me tell you. <laughs> right? That looks, it looks good. Um, Doug also added, which represent, thank you, Horizons of Spirit Island. That's right. Edward added Wayfarers of the South Tigris. Um, I have it on my shuffle shame. I haven't even read the rules. I, yeah. When I was punching out the game and looking at those game boards, I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But then I watched a, like a playthrough of it or something like that. It doesn't seem super hard, but it's it, there's yeah. a lot of moving parts. They equate this to Paladins of the West Kingdom, heavy-wise. Yeah, that's... Fun. Um, Omar <laughs> added ISS Vanguard. Uh, haven't played it yet, but I'm a, I'm thinking we're going to end up playing this relatively soon. We have a friend who backed it. Ooh, okay. The that. one who always backs it. Yes. The one who's always backed all of it. Sean added Hamlet. I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, I have. It, it looks cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not based off of the play. It's based off of the, the city of Hamlet. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured, yeah. Well, I, you never know. I'm just throwing that out there for anybody else who hadn't heard about it <laughs> either. But that's that's what it is. Um, Peter, when I think board game, I don't think Shakespeare. I think uh, Hamlet, it's a city building or something. Yeah, probably, right. Um, Peter said, or, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Shane added Oak. Now, Oak... I haven't played. We both saw it, and it looks pretty. Yeah, uh, We it saw it at Gamma this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter added Orichalcum, and I want this one. I'm glad you said it, because I can't <laughs> say that. Orichalcum? Orichalcum. Okay. And he added Lands of Galzir. Uh, honestly, I've only recently heard about uh, yeah. that one. Uh, I saw like a of... suggestion for you on YouTube. So yeah. It's like, oh, we play it, and there's like 60 views. I was like, oh, why is this suggested to me? I've never heard of this game. <laughs> Uh, next up here, Andy added Age of Atlantis, another one I just recently heard about. Um, it looks interesting. Uh, other than that, I'm not too, too familiar with it. 
All right. Um, Alice added Heat, Pedal to the Metal, the new Days of Wonder I game. I want this one so bad. I, I watched a playthrough of it. I saw a playthrough of it. I saw how it looks. Yep. And I want it. But I still have to play my uh, dog racing game. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next up is added by Sarah, and this is Flamecraft. Another one that I met, I'm sad I missed the Kickstarter. I do want to try this one. I have been tempted to buy it, but haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's sold out just about anywhere you go. Yeah. Um, and Napoleon mm-hmm. added added John Company 2E. Uh, second edition of John Company. I've never even heard of the first edition, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John added Aeon Trespass Odyssey. You know, I haven't played any other Aeon Endgames, yeah. so I wouldn't know... Um, anything about it and tabletop bellhop is saying john company is a big game yeah um john different john added marvel dice throne which yes i completely agree and i forgot to turn my phone on silent i turned my family on mute but i forgot to turn my phone on silent uh, <laughs> his wife wasn't happy about it when she <laughs> when he turned her on mute john also added hopalamachus victorum um this is a Roman game, if I remember correctly. I've seen it. I haven't really looked into it. Okay. Um, Alex added Vagrant Song, so there you go. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really good game. And finally, Barry added Tiletum. Um Tabletop Bellhod said his top three this year was Aldaba's Doors of Cartagena Tales, uh, Doors of Cartagena, Tales from the Loop, the board game and founders of Teotihuacan. Yep, and now there's some comments as well, explaining why that uh, Shane's. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt asked, "Do reprints count?" I, what do you think? I mean, it. I wouldn't say no. If it's enough to have a different listing on Board Game Geek, I, I suppose if there's that big of a change. But if it's literally so, like yeah. like the second version of this, then maybe not. Well, it's, it's kind of like, to, for me, it's uh, Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition and 4th Edition. They're the same game, it's just different companies printing them. Right, exactly. Uh, Shannon added, Planet Unknown is not officially released until the retail version is on the shelf in Australia. Oh, so, yeah, it's, actually, my copy is retail, so... Yeah, it yeah is but we're here. not in Australia. Yeah, we're not in Australia. So, I guess, according to Shannon, it's not, it's not a release yet. <laughs> in Australia, but, it isn't. Right. Shane said, has to be Wayfarers, uh, though there are some of these that are scheduled to be played over the holidays. A very tough choice, but the entire flow of Wayfarers just makes me want to go back to it over and over again. And that's when you know it's a good game if it got you hooked like that. Uh, right. We were just mentioning it, uh, Trekking, that you want to go back to it because yes, you keep absolutely. thinking about it. 100%. Uh, Randy says, haven't played Frosthaven, Osworn, or IS Vanguard, ISS Vanguard yet, but I fully expect one to take my spot. Of what I played, Wonderland Wars has good gameplay, great components, and a fun player interaction. And Jackie replied, Carnegie gets my pick. Yes, it looks like a typical beige Euro. Yes, Your style. My style. <laughs> but it's really thinky. There's a healthy dose of player interaction, and a combination of mechanisms just feels different than the other games. If I can count games that are not in people's hands, yet I would include Hellbringer and Pocket Book Adventures, and this is coming from Tabletop Bellhop. Very cool. Uh, those sound interesting, uh, especially Hellbringer. Yeah. That's a... Is that a mystic game or a mythic? I don't know. I, I don't own any mythic games. So. I don't either. No, I'm not cool enough. <laughs> um, all right, cool. All Let's right. get into our top eight debate. 
Um, we picked the top eight highest ranked games that you and I have both played on BoardGameGeek.com. And those include Wonderland War, our number one seed. Going up against our eight seed, Verdant. Our number two seed, Return to Dark Tower. Going up against our number seven seed, First Rat. Our number third seed, Endless Winter. Going up against our number six seed, Guilds of Merchant Explorers. And our number four seed, Planet Unknown. Going up against our number five seed, Foundations of Rome. What I what I was laughing about is I'm looking at these games in like one and eight. Kickstarter, beautiful game versus a little game that just came out with yep. cards. Yep. Uh, same with the second and seventh round. Yeah. Same with the third and the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth and fifth round is like, nope, I'll Kickstarter now. Yep, I'll Kickstarter from now on out. So exactly. four and five are going to be our hard, hardest uh, oh, production. Oh, is a Diablo-based card game. That sounds pretty cool. I, I haven't played a Diablo game <laughs> since... I want to say the PlayStation 3, so uh, Diablo 3, I think yeah. that was the most recent one, but I haven't played any of the upgraded versions of it that they've put out, so yeah, that'd be cool to play it in the board game form. Um, right. You want to tell them how we do things. That's right. We have five different criteria that we rank each of these on that we argue, the first of which is ease of play. That's how simple and familiar the mechanisms are, uh, the likelihood of getting it to the table, whether that's the mechanism or the theme. And a knock to it, we penalize you if the game has uh, analysis paralysis or is prone to analysis paralysis. Now, granted, most of them is up to the player, but if the game alludes to that, mm-hmm. then that's kind of a knock because it makes it less Case easy point, to play. Marco Polo, when we were talking about it, that Ooh, could lead, yeah. especially that's towards the end, all three of us were like... <sighs> yep. Yeah, but that wouldn't have won in any category of... Of ease of play. No. No, it wouldn't have. All right. Yeah, the next category is replay value. This is the length of time or scaling well. So are you getting the same experience between two players and four players? Mm-hmm. Or is it exorbitant long time? And looking at these games, we're going to have a lot of argument about that. Yep. Uh, I think there's one that plays very quickly. Yes. Uh, minimum well, number well. of plays for the full experience. Uh, this means... It like chess. If you play one time, you kind of know how to play it. You just don't know how to master it. Right. Whereas there's stuff like campaign games where you haven't seen everything or given the full experience. So that's what we mean about minimum number of plays. Or it, just divergent like strategies. Exactly. If I if I weigh heavy on this side, do I have abilities to change my gameplay next time? Happy holidays, Illuminous. Hey, Illuminous. And finally. Expandability. Is there already expansions? Up to one possible future expansions or confirmed by the designer or publisher. Cool. Uh, The next category is meaningful choice. This specifically talks about the strategy and the tactics that you use in the game. Uh, Impact on other players' strategy is the first sub-criteria. How well can you affect other players' gameplay? Mm -hmm. Um, Impact on a player's long-term strategy. How well can you pre-plan what you do now will affect your future moves? And, uh, again, another knock on it, if you have arbitrary choices, either all of your choices are too good or all of them are, some of them are not good enough, Mm -hmm. are you picking at random to make your move? That takes away from the meaningful choice in the game. Yes. Uh, and the fourth, uh, criteria for us is game immersion. Uh, the way we do this is does the game fit the category best or does the theme match the mechanism? Uh, this one, we're probably going to have to go more the theme mechanism because the category is 2022. Does yes. it? <laughs> so, um, 
Case in point, like if we're talking about foundations of Rome, does it feel like you're building the city of Rome? Or Wonderland Wars, does it feel like a war game in a sense where you're fighting with other players? So that's what we mean about this. As well as player interaction, this includes role-playing your characters, getting into the table talk aspect of it. And case in point, about the Wonderland Wars, if you're getting into it with another player, you're that trash talk to each other. You're getting into uh, character in a sense. As well as those memorable moments, those things that make you stand up and go, aha, when you beat someone up. Exactly. <laughs> or when you win or do something really <laughs> epic. It doesn't have to be all about murder. You're looking at yeah, 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 no one else has you as a podcast partner. So. That's true. Um, <laughs> and the last criteria is art and production. This is quite simply broken down into three parts. The art, the games and piece, or the pieces and components, and the graphic design. Because, as always... Him and I are colorblind. If your game isn't colorblind friendly, shame. Shame on you. (laughs) you. There's no excuse anymore. And we're going to be talking about it in one of these games over here. Uh, And finally, when all else fails and we can't come to a consensus, uh, the fan vote over on Board Game Revolution, where we put the poll, is the tiebreaker. That's right. So, uh, we're having a great discussion right here. Uh, Anachrony of Infinity Box. Yeah, I've been offered to play Anachrony this week, so I might get it. Finally get a chance to play it. I played it. I like it. I, I really want to. Um, it, it has a lot really of moving cool. parts, though. It's but really good, though. You know. And as for, as for Kickstarters, lately, let's, let's not mention it around my wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting on my Stefan Feld stuff, and I'm annoyed by that because they Me did too. all the classic first before they did the... Right. So we won't, probably won't even get our Feld stuff till next year. Probably not. Well, honestly, I haven't got a shipping notice this week. I'm getting it next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, yeah, fair bet. I mean, uh, all the postal workers and the shipping people, USPS, they deserve a long break, break after yeah. this Christmas. So, like, if if you actually, you know what, for any of our podcast listeners or any of our listeners that are listening live, here's something really cool you could do. And I I didn't know this as a postman that people do this. People will actively leave stuff like granola bars or like or um like you know. Gatorade bottles or water bottles and stuff in their mailbox for their postal carrier. Like, that's an awesome thing. I, that, like, every time I saw that, I, like, I'm a pretty humble person, so it's not a big deal, but, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, like, what kind of person is nice enough to do, be that thoughtful of someone that they see for, like, about five seconds every day? You know, like, yeah, like, what a simple, nice thing. So if you want to make somebody's day do that, because they deserve it. <laughs> That's right. just what I'm saying. You ready to get started in this? Yeah, let's do it. So, right. we're going to start with our number our number one seed versus our number eight seed. That's Wonderland War versus Verdant. And we have the Coin of Doom. As always, you have the Cup of Doom. Oh, yeah. I haven't Appar- even made the Cup of Doom. I know. It has been so long <laughs> since we've so done long. this. Yeah, we've We forgot that a Cup of Doom was a thing. Can you have those sticky notes over there? Uh, sure can. Let's prepare. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna uh, talk we're, about- s- we're professionals. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> So, start making your predictions on which one's going to go through, either Verdant or Wonderland War. And, uh, as always, what we're going to do is we're going to argue who argues first and which one. We pick those at random, just so that way uh, we can try our best to argue either side, whether our bias are for one game or not. We try to take our bias out of it. Alright, you ready? Sure am. Alright. So I'll be arguing first. Good, because I can't the stuff. And I will be arguing for Wonderland Wars. Wonderland Wars. So Wonderland War, it's Alice in Wonderland theme. This is from Elf Creek Games. Am I mistaken on that? Mm, Skybound. Skybound. Yeah. So Skybound. 
their productions are always just absolutely stunning. First off, that's my favorite thing about this game is the just like all of their other style of games, um, like Grim Forest and all those. It it Druid City, yes. Um, they're the ones who who publish this. I thought they were. I think they work with Skybound. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Skybound and Druid City are, are together. But oh my goodness, their production values and their art are absolutely phenomenal. This game is much larger than it needs to be. Oh God, yes. It eats the table. It is huge, massive on the table. Um, and you're going around like this, basically just a little rondelle kind of thing, or a little track that loops around. And there will be times where you'll be uh, trying to gain control over the different regions mm-hmm. by effectively battling each other. Um, one thing that this does differently than a lot of other games, which I find interesting, is that if two players are battling, they don't make it so it's uh, boring for the other players. You actually have this ability to bet on who you think is going to win, and you can get a little bonus if you're right. Um, however, that's hilarious when everyone votes for one player and then they lose. <laughs> yeah. And then you feel so victorious, you're like, I am the master. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely hilarious when that happens. So, uh, Wonderland War, unfortunately, I don't remember too much of playing it other than that. I remember, I remember the, the interaction. I remember somewhat. Yes. It definitely has, like, the immersion, the interaction. I don't feel like it's much to do with Alice in Wonderland, but this is definitely, and this is substantially, one of the crowd's favorites games. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was number one ranked for a reason, but it has a massive following. following yeah. And they just recently did a um, another Kickstarter, I believe, oh, for, okay. like, an expansion. If I remember correctly, I, I'm not exactly sure... But that did really well. It's it's a good game. I'm not gonna lie; it wasn't one of my favorite games that we played this year. No, neither was I, I was. Okay. I was fine with it. Um, the game that it's going up against, I actually preferred over it. Okay. And this is Verdant. Okay. Uh, so Verdant, the the reason why is I love um, Cascadia. Yes. I think that's one of the better games that I've played. And for me, this is just the next step, Cascadia. The only problem with it for me. It's because Cascadia came out first. Yes. I like what it's doing. It's another one of these plant games that are out there where you're drafting. um, You draft either a room or you draft a plant. And you have to do, what is it, a 3 by 5 grid, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. And then you're also uh, taking a token as well that you have to put on the thing or you can store it, Mm -hmm. which gives you bonuses if you have six different ones. That's going to give you points. If you have them where they're matching the the ball pattern that they need to be in, then you get bonuses on the things that are attached to that room. And it, I liked a lot of the, what it was doing there. Um, I prefer Verdant over Wonderland's War. I just don't know if it wins over Wonderland's War. Yeah. Just because um, Verdant's easier to play. That was a given. Yeah. But though Wonderland Wars is not that hard. But that first initial play, or getting those first couple rounds, figuring out what's going on, because yeah. you're going around the tea table to get what you're going to do, put your characters out in certain locations, <laughs> and then, um, what is it, you go around the table, and then you have to, once that's all done, you go into that second round, where you go into the wars. And that's what I was talking about when we were talking about Skate Summer, right. where it's distinctly, there's two parts. You have the table part, and then you have the war part in this one. And 
I wasn't actually fascinated with the war part. I enjoyed the table going around, sure, putting things fine. out, upgrading, getting special characters and stuff like that. I enjoyed that stuff. Right. But the war part of it was just like, eh, okay, right. I lost. Oh, well. Other than the betting. I enjoyed the betting part of it. It was silly. It was I wouldn't silly. say that it was, was about fun, it. though. Yeah, it, it I mean, was fine. <laughs> I saw other reviewers saying that it, it felt shoehorned in, and that's kind of how I, mean, I felt it, did, it yeah. as well. Uh, but when it comes down to like replay value, Wonderland's War is going to win there. Uh, yeah. Meaningful well, Choice yeah. might be a little... Uh, art and Production, Wonderland's War, winning yes, there, hands, hands down. down. Uh, meaningful Choice, there's really good meaningful choice in both of those games right. when you're talking about like the first part of uh wonderland's war when you're trying to go around that table but not going too far right. because you can get certain things being the first one at a certain spot or using your character's abilities too that allow you to go backwards or right. doing other stuff that's kind of cool too <laughs> well so here, here's kind of my thought on it and i'm glad illuminous brought up grim forest because that was the first game that druid city and skybound really like surprised me because i am not like a a fairy tale fan like it's okay it's fine like it better than superheroes right but then when i played grim forest i was just enamored with it Mm -hmm. it was awesome and then they released grim masquerade and i played that and i'm like wow this is awesome too and then they came out with title blades an oceanic theme which i love ocean theme and then from the same company, and I played it, and I was yeah. like, oh, wow, that was a letdown. Yeah. It, it was that convoluted, one, right? Honestly, I and didn't then, care so for that one. That took it from a really big height, dropped it, yeah. and then so when I, when, when our friend said, oh, we're going to play Wonderland's War, I was like, eh. I was really honestly expecting it to be kind of trash, and it was better than I expected, <laughs> but not by much. Like, uh, I didn't necessarily enjoy my And experience. Tabletop Bellhop says, Wonderland War felt like if you didn't back the Kickstarter, there was no point. And he didn't back it. And I agree with you. Yeah. Because the, the, that Kickstarter stuff is amazing. And right. That easy setup looks really nice. Uh, but for me, I think Wonderland Wars is... I, I think it does move on because it does make more game immersion. There's very little game immersion in Verdant. Verdant. And the big um, thing about Verdant, too, is I'll play Cascadia over Verdant any yes. day of the week. Now, Verdant, although has more meaningful choice, that's a, and ease of play. I think all the others go to Wonderland's War. Yeah. Cool. So Wonderland War moves on. But for how long, we don't, don't know. know. All right. Round number two, we have Return to Dark Tower versus First Rat. Two very different <laughs> games. <laughs> but that'll be nice and interesting to watch. Uh, I'll be starting us off again this time. And I'll be arguing for First Rat. Okay. First Rat. Let's talk about this. <laughs> it looks like a game for children. The it first really does. The, uh, and even the premise is silly. You are, you are rats who have discovered that the moon is made out of cheese. So by using trash and pieces of comic books and stuff like that, or boxes and bottles and all these things, trash, you are building a rocket ship to go up to the moon to get cheese. What this really is, is this is simply a moving along a track. Mm -hmm. Um, You get to choose, you can move up to like five spaces. Or uh, if you move two pieces, you can move up to three spaces. Six spaces for one piece, uh, three spaces for two pieces. Yeah. Um, but they must end on the same location. Type the of same location. Color of location, yeah. Yep. And you get the resources that are on it. Now, the further up ahead you go, the the more um, of a resource you can get. But if you're able to kind of queue up more rats, then you're able to get more. There's also light bulbs, which will let you multiply uh, rats. Yeah. There's one or multiply the benefit that they get. 
There's the comic book track, which lets you get extra abilities. And there's contracts at the end. And then, of course, you get sets as well yeah. by whoever gets along the first or whoever completes different stages of their rocket by turning in the resources. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a very simple game, functionally. Simple-ish. But, well, no, it's simple to play, right? It is. But you got to remember the fact that there's three different things you got to yes. concentrate on. Yes. But the, the fact that all you have to do on your turn is move some pieces <laughs> and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. That that's really it. Yeah. You're, you're moving along, yeah. getting the resources yeah. you want. The base of it is you're moving the pieces, but it also depends on where you land because yes. then you have a little track down here. So it has great <laughs> meaningful choices. Of what you're saying? <laughs> yes. No. It it's brilliant. We we finished that and we we're like, what did we just play? Yeah. This is our cool. buddy brought this one over. This is this is the thing we talk about all the time. Yeah. Is that our friend buys all these games and we have a thing where we call it "Damn It, Dom." And this is one of those games where it was yes. one of that where it's like, man, now I got to get a copy for myself because it, it's simple enough. But when you look at it, you think it's a kid's game. Yes. And no, I w- don't want to be playing with this a five or six year old. No, no, it, it's it's definitely <laughs> it, more complicated it's, it's than a, that. It's a little heavier. It very I, much. I so. would put it put it more a light medium weight. I yes, around I, that area, light medium, uh, above family game. Oh, above family, gamer, yeah, but, yeah. Um, light gamer, I guess. But yeah. either way, no, it. I agree with Tabletop Bellhop. Awesome theme. I love the theme. It is hilarious. It makes me laugh. I appreciate it. It's really, really well done. And Illuminous brought out the fact that this is going to be rats versus a giant evil tower. And let's get on to that giant evil tower. Uh, This is probably one of my favorite games of the year. In fact, it probably would have made my honorable mentions if it wasn't on the top eight debate. Because I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I love the expandability on it because you can... You get to choose the monsters. You get to choose the bad guy. I like partially that it's not a... You can kind of make it a campaign game if you wanted to, but it's not a campaign game. You play a scenario. You can make it one versus... Or it's like a, you can make it versus or co-op. I will never play it versus. No. <laughs> Just co- it's already hard enough as it is. Yes. I love the app integration into it. Mm-hmm. It's They did a phenomenal job with this game. And it is so, so well done. Restoration hit it out of the park with this one. Uh, Rob Davio and Isaac Childress created such great stories for all these scenarios. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I I wouldn't even say more. there's more meaningful choice in First Rat. But, I mean, there's a lot of meaningful choice in First Rat. But there's a lot of decisions you have to make. Because you got to go into a dungeon. you got to make sure you're doing properly right. you got to make sure... Do I use my bonuses properly here? Especially when you go into the big boss, because you weaken the big boss by using your bonuses on that guy as well for everybody else. The app will tell you when you had enough hits on the big boss if you're going to win. I love the variability, the changes for what each boss does. You can have rivers of fire, or you have marching forests that could help you with the tower. Like uh, the... The battle with the two towers where you have, like, the ants taking down Eisenhower. (laughs) So it's just, like, it just conjures all that stuff. I really, really enjoyed what it does. I would say First Rat probably wins ease of play. It (laughs) wins ease of play. Slightly easier. Yeah. It is slightly easier. Yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. Luna says it's very streamlined and the app integration is awesome. Yes. And that's the thing about it. And and that's one thing I haven't mentioned about it. The app integration by using the dark tower as a Bluetooth yes. speaker, you're not getting the ambiance from the app itself. You're getting yes. it from the tower. So when it makes a menacing noise, you're like, oh, God, what's going on? <laughs> exactly. So it's really well done. Uh, but I think Dice Tower or the Dark Tower moves on. I, I don't disagree. I think it will I, as well. I love First um, Rat, though. 
Yeah, ease of play, and I think meaningful choice go to first draft. Yeah. But everything else, replay value, immersion, art and production, that can't not go to Dark Tower. So that that's perfect. Let's move on. Return to Dark Tower. And Tabletop Bellhop was saying he has still two copies of Dark Tower, mine from when I was a kid and my wife's from when she was a kid, and they haven't got to try the new one. If you somehow are able to uh, get a copy of the new one and play it, it is phenomenal. Yes. It's really well done. Absolutely right. Another thing I like about what Restoration did is that if you have a Kindle, you can get the app on there. If you have an iPad or uh, yeah. Apple de- or an uh, Android device, mm-hmm. you can get the app on there. Not a lot of places go to the Amazon store. Right. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to make sure it was open as much as they can. Next round, Endless Winter versus the Guild of Merchant Explorers. One really pretty game and one ugly as sin game, but very fun. Yes. I'll be arguing again. First off, this is how it always goes. It's always just hack half and half. Isn't you it? get Endless Winter. Endless Winter. Why are you chuckling at this? <laughs> Do you think you already know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Okay. All right. So Endless Winter. No, I mean, it's a deck, play, deck placer worker buildment game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, We're, that, that made sense. No, it's um, the worker placement deck building game. Uh, one of the three that were announced all at the same time. Yep. Rose of Arnak, Dune Imperium, and this one. But this one came out much later. This well, this was also a Kickstarter where yep. the other two were just released right exactly. away. Exactly. Those were retail. Um, worker buildment. Yep, <laughs> exactly. It, it It's a... It's, Slightly it does some different than the stuff. other two. What I like about it, um, it does some neat things, is that when you pick the spot, there's really just four different placement spots. Yeah. But then you go down this track, and you follow all of the actions on it, and if you're the first one to get that track, you get the bonus action on the bottom. And so you're going to be getting um, different uh, cards that will let you explore either the land, um, make developments, get other cards. Um, yeah. I forget, like, there's, like, technologies and stuff that you can kind of unlock, like, throughout the game. It, it's cool. Um, the the art is lovely. I like mm-hmm. the art a lot on it. I think it's yeah the Miko artwork. Yes, Miko does a really great job. Yeah. I that that art is what drew me in. The production quality, even like the little mammoth, you know that yeah. it's technically an expansion. <laughs> it's but, an ex- well, you yeah. can use it as a mammoth marker, or if you want to play with a mammoth expansion, it comes yep. with this little rule set. Exactly. Here. You know the tents that you put out all make sense. The meeples. Um, you're trying to get to a certain area, then you build a tent there in order to get the resources, but other people might be trying to vie for it as well. Yeah. Um, it, one thing about the strategy of the game that I learned far too late into the game when we played it yeah. is that you definitely don't want to spread yourself thin across most, you most few things. You want to focus one or on two one areas. area. Yes. And that, that was a big thing. That's what messed me over is because I was like, all right, well, I'll try this. Oh wait, you're going for that? Oh. Okay, um, that's not working clearly. All right, let me try this one. Oh, no, you've already <laughs> built a deck. Okay, um, all right, well, I guess you know I'll what? be over here. Oh, wow, you've done all that. You know already. what I've you noticed know. with Endless Winter? Mind yes. you, it's only one time we played it. It leads to a runaway first player. Yes. It, uh, to the point... It snowballs. It's no pun intended. Yeah, between you and me, we wouldn't even... Have, our points combined wouldn't have beat the first yes. player. which was, you know... And it was still, it was still. You and I aren't bad players, right? Like, we can hold our own in most games. And the fact that we were playing against our our mutual friend, which, you know, he's been known to do that before, 
any game that allows a situation where one player could have more than the combined total, total. of the other two players. And not just more. He he still had like 10 or 15 points on Yes. This. Yeah, it was significant. He had like another 20% on top of like us combined. Mm-hmm. It it was gross. Like and, and but the problem was like the second to last round, you and I were just like, Why are we like, well, yeah, we're done, we're screwed. Yeah, it's like we we don't Mind have you, the chance. It probably didn't help that it was like ten o'clock at night yeah, when we started voting we this game. You know, and, and that's a factor, sure. Like I'm not gonna hold that against it. Yeah. I, even though I did not enjoy that experience as much as I think I would have, I'm not holding that against it. Um I still see the qualities in the game. Yeah, I yeah. still see why people like it a lot. Um but I, like I it. feel I enjoy it, yeah. And, and I don't, I don't mean to put down anybody who backed it because I don't think that is. But I feel like a lot of these bigger Kickstarter games, it you you're convincing yourself that you like the game before you, you play, play it. Yeah. And and it's like if if it looks if this game looks so good that I'm dropping two hundred bucks on it, right? That's a lot of money. I'm not saying that's how much it was. I, didn't, no. I don't remember how much it was. I but don't remember. Let's say it's a two hundred dollar board game, right? You're like, man, I've committed this far. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're not gonna like it at least. A, a, a pretty scene. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be as honest as yourself as if your friend just brought it over and played it. Honestly, and the only reason I went after this game is because I like the other two. I like Dune Imperium and I like Lost Ruins of right. Arnak. And don't get me wrong, I don't hate this game. I enjoy it a lot. I, I, It's one of my favorites that I played this year. Right. But, yeah, mind you, I have to argue our ugliest game on our yeah. list here. I mean, yeah, it... <laughs> But the thing is, the mechanisms I, are solid. Solid. And, I mean, yeah, and Illuminous, I'm glad, you know, I've heard really good things about Kingdom Death Monster. But again, like, it, it justifies it, but I've seen that so many people. Mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine who I was playing with games yesterday, and he does, like, some really big backs on Kickstarters. And again, I've always seen that. Like, whenever somebody goes that far into the Kickstarter, it's harder for them to be to have as critical of an eye. I'm glad to part of that's because I've researched it. They're like, yeah. okay, I backed it because I. Well, think it's kind of like with like me right. with Final Girl. I mean, I went going in knowing I was going to like the game because right. I researched it. Right, exactly. But there, there's very few Kickstarters that I've backed that I I get, and I'm not already a step more oh, enthusiastic well, about it. The and stuff I like Feld is a different. We're already fans of Feld games, and yes. one of a, one of the reprints is one I want to play is Bruges. So right, exactly. But that's we're going right. on tangent here, so let's go. Yeah. <laughs> To compare, the reason where I was going with this is that I feel like Dune Imperium, I, I think, is a better game, but I like Endless Winter better. But Lost Ruins of Arnak is true and true better in both factors. In all honesty, Endless Winter is not my favorite... Um... Worker placement. No, 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 not Wor- even that. Worker buildment, no. dice placement. <laughs> no, not okay. my favorite... Uh... Paleolithic game. I prefer Paleo over Endless Winter. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much. Uh, the Threshers. <laughs> I I have a lot of minor league hats, so... Yeah, he does. It's, <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It's embarrassing. No. But uh, I get to argue Guilds of Merchant Explorer. Right. Like I Good said, luck. the ugliest game on yeah. this list. Uh, Don't get me started. I have He's one... Yeah, yeah, he gets me. <laughs> I have one big issue with this game and it yes. hurts me yep it's the colors yeah oh my god i get i get how they were going i really get where they were going i am a big fan of sepia tone looking <laughs> stuff i love maps i <laughs> yeah, love old maps. school maps it's so great 
But how dare you tell me there are red and green on that map? There is exactly. neither. And, and not only that, it is all oh, poop you have, yellow. You have, yes, you have, poop yellow. You have grasslands and mountains, and they kind of blend into each other, yeah. so you start seeing slight variations. You yeah. need a freaking magnifying glass to see the yeah. slight variations in the little hexagon. I, I have trouble differentiating the blue waves from the red mountains, <laughs> mountains on yeah. that game. Oh my god. It's dumb. Other than that... Yes. The game is amazing. Yes. It is really, really good. Um, mechaniz- mechanistic wise, you're basically something comes up and you got to put your yep. characters up there and then you get these cards at the end of each round, which gives you bonuses yep. as you're going and you can build on them and use them all the way through. And I think the only reason I won when we played it is because of those cards, because I was getting gold for pretty much everything. Yeah. So, yeah, and so to clarify that on, uh, for Bellhop, uh, Tabletop Bellhop, yeah, I mean, I like the way it looks, mm-hmm. right? Like, I would gladly have that board up yeah, on, no, a, on a frame. That, I, that's I not great. the excuse. But those two, um, like, yes, they tried to di- differentiate, you mm-hmm. know, like the colors by, like, having the mountain tops, but there's very little artistic differentiation. Differences. And yeah. for somebody who is colorblind, like, you and me are slightly different levels of colorblindness. Mm-hmm. We both really had Struggle, a problem. Struggle, yeah. It. Like, I'm honestly, if, if I want to buy the game, but I'm honestly probably going to hit it with a highlighter. And then the thing about it, too, is, like, uh, there are certain things that you have to do for you could put one of your buildings out there. And it's like, oh, wait, I didn't get all the grasslands or I didn't get all the mountains yeah. uh, for I to put my little yeah. post out here. Son of a bitch. Why are these not looking yeah. the same? Yeah, exactly. If only they did, like, a... I know it wouldn't look as good with a high-color version. Yeah, yeah, because you're going for that map tone. But... Yeah. It's just, it was rough. It was, I, I enjoyed the game. I love the mechanisms on it. Um, yeah. I found it a lot easier to play than Endless Winter. Yes. Endless Winter, the big thing about Endless Winter that differentiates it from the other two uh, yes. worker placement um, deck building games is the fact that it's step by step for you. You do this part, then you do this part, and then you do this part. Yeah. Other than that, I honestly, for me personally, I push guilds and merchants explore. Yes, I wanted to move on to, uh, because other than the one art knock, and granted, we were also taught in slightly wrong when we first played yeah. it uh, from our friend, which is fine, you know. Uh, now that I know how it's played, like, I immediately go, okay, that's that's why this didn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. is because of how you had to connect stuff. Um, now it makes perfect sense. But now, um, I do want to buy the game, and I'm hoping that they will eventually make, like, even on the back side of the map, have... A high contrast version. Yeah, that, that would work. That would, that would be all they need. So, you're in agreement with me? Guild's moving on? I completely agree. Guild Merchants Explorers beats out Endless Winter. And to answer your uh, uh, cor- <laughs> corrupt Senate, I like that. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, uh, Lost Ruins of Arnax right now at this moment is my favorite of the three. And that is because of the leader's expansion. Uh, giving the different yep. player capabilities, put it up there. Now, I haven't played either of the expansions for Dune Imperium yet. We'll see how that goes. But right now, um, it's the yep. uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. And mine, hand down, best deck builder work placement is uh, Copycat by Freddie Manfreeze. But out of those three, it is definitely Lost Ruins of Arnak. <laughs> All right. Copycat's amazing though. Like it's it's really good. Alright, so this I can't I can't here. encourage it enough. It's really good. This one goes there. Alright, and do an Imperium, yes. Oh, uh, you wanna Yes, that sounds right. And our next one is Planet Unknown 
versus the Foundation of Rome. And I'll be starting us off again. Foundations of Rome. All right. Foundations of Rome. Talk about a big box. Um, just obscene. Talk about over budget for what this game yes. is. Now, here's what I'm honestly hoping. First off, Emerson Masucci, great designer. Yeah, now. Yeah. I'm starting to really appreciate his stuff. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I've played, I played this game uh, twice. No, I've only played it once. But it's very similar to another designer, another game that I quite like from him, uh, Acquire. It has a lot of the same... Uh, uh, the same Yeah, from Sid Saxon. has a lot of the same elements from it. And you can tell he kind of took this... I feel like Emerson Matsuchi... Is the new Sid Saxon? Is the new is Sid Saxon. You're going there, huh? Century Spice Road is very similar to um, Bazaar from Sid Saxon I'll give well. you that, yeah. It's... You know, it's all about that conversion and the efficiency, mm-hmm. right? This is all about, you know... Like building up money by strategic placement, you know, and getting the points along with that. It's a very simple game. Honestly, I think it's overproduced for how simple it is. The pieces are great. Um, I really hope they eventually make uh, a simple retail version that I could realistically buy. That's my only knock against it. Strategy is solid. Now, granted, it's going against a game that I feel like there's slightly less strategy in it. But is really, really fun. Um, so it, this is going to be a tricky one. Uh, but Foundations of Rome, easy to play. Oh, very easy to play. Great economics. Solid, meaningful choice. Great production. Like, phenomenal production. It's I like mean, bingo auction. It's really what it is. Yeah, you're... It, it has no right being as good as it is for how simple it is. But Emerson Matsushi, <laughs> dude, like... Bravo. For how simple this game is, it's ridiculously produced. That, yes. That's my big thing about yes. it. Is it's so simple. Those minis. Yes. It, it's it, it's what a two hundred dollar game, yes. two hundred and fifty dollar game. It it plays like it should be a twenty dollar game. Yes. I I honestly feel like it should be. They should make a a, a retail, pocket edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A retail version without the minis. Like just give us right. like polynomials or something. Right. Exactly. And then oh yes, tabletop bellhop. Yeah, great example. Uh, the game Citadels, it's a wooden game where you have these wooden buildings, and it's an abstract strategy game. Okay. It's kind of like Go, in a way. Yeah. And it has, like, like that's like maybe a $30 game, you know? You put these out on these nice grid, like these nice pieces. That wouldn't be hard to do. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's a phenomenal it game. It is yeah. really, cool. really good. But it's also going up with a game that just hits on a different level when I played it. And yeah. this is Planet Unknown. And this one is... Um, Cathedral, yeah, sorry, not Citadel. It is Cathedral. a, what you call it, a Ron, uh, not a Rondell, it's a tile-laying game with a Lazy Susan. Yes. Probably one of the best components I've ever seen it's in hilarious. a game. I love that a lot. And it's, uh, what I like about it is the choices, because you can either help or screw over the other players at the table. Because uh-huh. what's going to happen is when you have the Lazy Susan out, you have your area piece and you're pointing at the Lazy Susan. So where it's pointing, you have you can only get from that section when it's pointing at it. Yep. But when it's your choice to choose, you get to rotate it however you want and get the pieces that you specifically want. Now, that could screw one of your neighbors over the thing, because you're also scoring based upon who had something better between the neighbors. You also have scoring based upon how you build your planet up. Uh, It's really, really fun. You have really cool components, even just the base game without the Kickstarter exclusive stuff, because I have the retail version of it. I still have great pieces for the game. Um, It's 
you know, I don't have like some of the the rover meeples, but I have like the yeah, the, the wood stuff and stuff like that. It's it's phenomenal. I don't have the the extra Kickstarter, the one that one you played, the uh, flux capacitor or oh, flux yeah. company. That, that that was really fun. <laughs> but you can play a base game. I like the fact that you can also have individual uh, powers. You can play a base planet, or you can have a specific different planet. Yeah. Um, like for my character, when I was playing it originally, I was just running up the water track because it's just going all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but my planet, I couldn't put on the land in the water so i had to yes. choose either it's going to go here or it's going to go here right i love the choices in this game i love how smart it is i really really it's got like again one of my favorite components of all time that lazy susan more games need to yeah. bring in that lazy susan because it's just it makes things so much easier and especially when it's like oh i'm gonna take this one and your neighbors are one of your thanks thanks I, I don't like any of these choices thanks a lot yeah great game i love play unknown for me this is this is really, really tough to decide which one's going to go ahead. It's not tough for me. Um, I I personally like Planet Unknown better, but I think Foundations of Rome get get. All right, it. well, we'll go to the list here. Yes. Um. So ease of play, Foundations of Rome's hand down. Though Planet Unknown is not hard. Yes. Tabletop bellhop. I completely agree. I need to buy a lazy Susan. Yeah, it would. Uh, luckily enough, we're we only have like a four player group, so it's not that hard for us to reach for stuff. But when it's like on the other side of the table, well, I have a circular table, <laughs> yeah, so there's table. no reason not to put that in the yeah. middle. Yeah. Um. So ease of play, foundations wrong. Yes, hands down. Replay value. Um, I would give that two planted unknown. I think so too. So we have one one. Uh, meaningful choice will come foundations. back. <laughs> I was going to say, we can come back to that okay. one. Because there's a lot of meaningful choices in the other one, too. Sure. Uh, game Immersion. Um, Planet Unknown. Yeah, because you feel like you're, you're playing yeah, strength. Yeah. I mean, you don't feel like you're building this this massive metropolis building thing. Like You're just you're putting out polyominoes. All right, here's my favorite. The Art and Production. Foundations, Foundations of Rome. Yes. However, that's not saying Planet Unknown is not no, it's produced not well. It's just... Those freaking buildings and the fact that how you get it out of the box, it's got like all those sleeves and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, it does make you feel like you're building a scale model of the city. Yeah. Uh, so meaningful choice. So we have a two-two tie. Meaningful choice. Foundations. Foundations. Because uh, that every move you do directly impacts everyone else and and your long-term strategy. Are you, you going to go for the points? Are you going to go for the money? Are you going to go for the abilities? Very simple, but it's effective, and it's really. I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's. I think it's a solid game, and that that's not to say that Planet Unknown is a slouch because it's not. There is a lot of meaningful choice in that, but you are beholden to what what the other players do to you directly. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so I'm not sense. arguing that point. I said I'd give it to you. Yeah, I just wanted to make that last point. <laughs> All right, so. You gotta save it. We got a whole other thing going around here. Well, not for foundations, or not for Planet Unknown anymore, though. All right. So <laughs> Verdant had two percent of the vote. Uh, First Rat was sitting at three percent. Uh, Endless Winter, where are you at? At twelve percent of the vote, and finally Planet Unknown at nine percent of the vote. Oh. Uh, moving into our Samurai Finals, we have Wonderland Wars versus Guilds. Guild of Merchant Explorers. God, I hate that title still. It has the <laughs> one of the worst Fair enough. titles. And our number two seed, Dark Tower, facing the five seed Foundations of Rome. 
Uh, and yep, corrupt Senate. I I agree. That'd be cool if we had pictures. But yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah, we're not that fancy schmancy. <laughs> it's no the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Tabletop Elbot. All right. So let's go into our semifinals now. That'll be Wonderland's War versus the Guild of Merchant Explorers, and you'll be starting us off this round. And I get Wonderland's <laughs> War. Alright, so I get the easier one to argue about, because Guilds of Merchants Explorer is the more fun game, but it's also the ugliest game. Yes. <laughs> um, Wonderland Wars, we don't have a problem with the colorblind aspect of it. Nope, because I don't they remember a single problem about it. They use pink instead of red, and they yep. use a darker green, so they separate yep. the contrast of those. They change the shades, thank yes. you. Uh, Wonderland Zor, uh, there's a reason everything we said about it in the first round and made up for it because it is phenomenal in the production value. They hit it out of the park, but Tabletop Bellhop hit a big thing about it. If you don't have the Kickstarter, are you really worrying about the game itself without the Kickstarter stuff? It's still a solid game, though. Um, But like I was saying at the beginning, the two-part phases. Does the two-part phases help it get over Merchants of Explorers? And I think it does because you have meaningful choices in both those parts. You have to play smartly when you're going to battle with your friends. Mm-hmm. You have to play smartly how you're working on that little rondelle. How far you're going to get. How What resources are you going to get? Are you going to exchange for those the special tokens that are going to come onto the board that help you fight in those battles. So everything you do on that phase is going to affect your choices in the second phase for the wars. And then you also have the the thing that determines where you're going to war. This this one, this one, and this one are triggering, Mm -hmm. kind of like Rising Sun has. And so you are like, okay, this popped off, this popped off. Hey, and you still can kind of bet on things if you're not in a war. Not great, but not bad. Right. It's not terrible. Uh, Guilds of Merchants Explorers, for me, just doesn't hit on some of those aspects where it's fun, but I'm not getting the game immersion. I'm not getting that table talk because it's just you're sitting there. Right. I'm concentrating too hard on my board to make sure I'm getting the right places. Sure. <laughs> so, off to you. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to argue for Guild of Merchant Explorers. I feel like this is actually a pretty easy argument on this. Um one, it's a bingo mechanism, so I hands down, it's already easier to play. Oh, yeah. I, I feel. Um, now, the replay value, you know, that that's interesting because, yes, it is a multiplayer solitaire for sure. Especially um, for people who are colorblind, they're like, trying to do yeah, like as much. You have to be as close to the board as possible. Actually, it's not a multiplayer solitaire because we have to ask, like, hey, guys, so. <laughs> is this one? You, you can see colors. What, what, which one is this? Is yeah. this the mountain or is this grassland? I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't tell. Oh, my goodness. I think it's part ocean. I'm not, <laughs> not sure yet. Um, so dumb. But, so, art and production, I will give Wonderland's War hands down. There, there's no even, even contest about that. Even not the Kickstarter version is better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. But that's not a problem. But the meaningful choice in that, uh, the simplicity of the bingo mechanism gives you a lot of open ability. You have, you could place up to, I think, like one, two, or three tokens on the different types of land, depending on what cubes. type of land it is. Cubes. Or cubes, yeah. They're, they're tokens, but they're the same thing, right? No, cubes. Okay, cubes. Fine. <laughs> cubes. Sorry. Sorry. But anyway, yeah, you're putting cubes down. But you're you're building off these paths, and the ability to, to give players the same choice, but different options, is already... Uh, that's a really fine line to do, but it works it really well. Um, again, I, I don't disagree with the other reviewers that said the Wonderland Wars 
battle betting thing, that is absolutely shoehorned in. Because I don't, that doesn't make me more immersed, or more immersed in the game, that just makes me more, like, well, just feel like I'm part okay, of it. I do okay think with, that it is more immersive as, as an overall experience. Well, I just don't think I, it's... I, I'm fine with the betting aspect of it, because when it goes into stuff like that, and if right. I'm not involved, I'm going to be checked out. Yeah. I'm going to watch a hockey game in the background, or right. whatever. Right, but when you're playing a game that's about this, you shouldn't have to do that. Like, Well, that's what I'm saying. But the other parts of the game, it, it yeah. it's fine. Um, replay value... I feel like those upgrade cards that you get every round in Guild of Merchants Explorers, I feel like that really brings out the replay value of it. Yeah, because... but does it really change the, the difference with Wonderland War? Because you're playing with different creatures, too. Sure, yeah, but the creatures aren't, like, drastically different. I mean, they are, but, like, they're not... I looked at some of the other That's ones. A... They were quite different. I, what I like about uh, Merchant Explorers better and why those upgrades, I feel, are so impactful is because when you connect certain parts of your of your board in the first round, then you no longer want to go towards that area. And each of the areas that they have have very different terrain mm-hmm. types. Like one could be a super mountainous one. I was going really heavy in the water. I was doing huge water exploration. So when I was given the option for abilities, I would love to go with the water until about halfway in the game. Then I diverged because I was like, I've explored way too much water already. I need to start getting on land all of a sudden. Like that... No, that, I feel, adds some really cool choices. I do have game. one issue with Merchants Explorer, and I found it... Only I, one. Uh, no, I... Well, <laughs> another issue is, uh, yeah. it, again, it's the Runaway Leader. Because okay. I got all the yeah. cards that allow me to get gold, if I go... Or double gold when I go to certain sure. areas. Yeah. Because of all that gold, I was just scoring points after points after points. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But that's the reason why I had first place from the first round all the way to the end. It's because those abilities kept piling up. There is a chance. Now, doesn't mean I'm going to get those all every time I play the game. Right. But it's also making me think, okay, if I have a chance to get more gold, I'm going to go gold route again. <laughs> which, which do you feel you would give meaningful choice to? Uh... I feel like that's going to be the biggest factor. Ease of play and... And a meaningful choice. I, I think meaningful choice goes to merchants. I'm just trying to see here. Impacting other player strategies, you have more of an impact on another person's strategy. In one in one Absolutely. Uh, impact but on your long-term, long-term strategy. Uh, but the thing is, the, here's where I think Wonderland Wars wins it, uh, meaningful choice, is because the arbitrary choices. You you have oh, no. your choices so when you're going out there, choices. but you're, it's determined what's coming out. Yes. It's that bingo, bingo aspect. Yes. So if something's coming out that doesn't work for me, then it's screwed. Uh, there was part of it where that happened to me. That's that's not arbitrary choice, though, because that's not a choice in the game. That's the function of, of the game and how it how it relays itself. That's not an arbitrary choice to you. That, I'm going to show you what you've said on other podcasts. And no. You're just arguing no, against no, yourself. No, that's <laughs> saying, like, you're not, pres- you're not provided with a choice. You're saying, here's the thing you need to figure out. You're not provided necessarily with a choice of what regions you're doing. Like, uh, how they come out is affecting everybody the same Yes way. and no. Uh, it just depends once they started figuring out what I'm doing. But by the time they figured out how I was compounding all that gold, they were yes. too built up on the other sides of the map. Right, but that was also our only the only time we've played it. Yeah. Now, knowing that, yes, that is absolutely something that we could pre- we could have prevented. Yeah, but it also is the luck of the draw of the cards because sure. those were the I had two cards to choose from. I got the gold ones. Yeah, but I mean that it still doesn't. I still don't think even with those slight variances, I still don't think that this is less meaningful. That yes, there's more. There's 
affecting other players, hands down, one I more. But I don't feel like any of that is an arbitrary choice. You always have options, mm. and and whether you choose ones that will potentially work for you better later on, or ones that you're choosing to work with now and seeing how that works out, that you know the risk and reward. Right, we're we're not going to budge on either one of this. So. Okay. Uh, ease of play, we're saying... Uh, Guilt. Yes. Replay value. I I say Wonderland Wars. Uh, I... I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It, it doesn't they scale. Have, it doesn't scale at all. Well, they also have an expansion. Sure, but it doesn't scale at all. It's, minimum it takes number forever. Of, uh, minimum number of... Yeah, that one's merchants, but minimum number of plays and expandability, that's where it wins there. I feel like it's a 50-50, because it's not that variable every time. Yeah, it is. You pick and choose what creatures go in. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Let's come back to it. All right, Game Immersion, Wonderland Wars. Wars. Art and Production, Wonderland Wars. Okay. You're saying meaningful choice. I'm not giving you that. You don't want to give replay value. That's still two to one. Okay, cool. Then Wonderland <laughs> Wars moves on. Fair enough for me. I still like Gills better. Oh, I like Gills better. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, it's... But... Mm. Alright, one little more. Next one is Return to Dark Tower versus Foundations of Rome. Two, again, two very different, different games. games. Though production value is pretty much the same. Uh, I, I, Ooh, I still would give production yeah. over to Dark Tower just because the work that they had to do for that, right. that tower and that app. Yeah, but it's in the way now. But the tower is in the way of the other players. That's a good You're going to be starting us off on the next one, right? Prevent, foundations of Rome. It prevents AP, that's right. No, it prevents uh, 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 yeah. tabletop quarterbacking. Yeah. It's like, what, what's going on? Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just sit down. You can't look through my tower. <laughs> All right, so I get to argue Foundations of Rome. Uh, so let's say... That it is one of the easier games to play on this list. In fact, I think it's easier to play than Guilds of Merchants of Explorers. Uh, I want to bring up his point because this is actually a good point. Tabletop Bellhop brought up that you may need to add weight to these rankings for fun. For fun, playing is worth more than say production value. Uh, yeah, we have we have debated that. We have, we've talked about it. That's why we have the game immersion category. Right. Uh, that that goes into like the memorable moments aspect right. of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because when when all said and done, meaningful choice, ease of play, and game immersion are all based on the gameplay itself. Yeah, Re- and art and production is more of just production value. Production value. So, and it, a big part yeah. of it, we do the art production is because well, not games if they're not colorblind friendly. Yes, exactly. But yeah, he's right. It should being as good matter is that but yeah it's it's a fine line that we can yeah but help. also fun yeah. is subjective he likes uh what, what is the not the hidden betrayer the uh any one? social deduction that one right yeah he likes <laughs> social deduction i can't stand yeah. it yeah <laughs> yeah that's true because that 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 affects the gameplay for you i'm not gonna have fun playing a game of uh one night ultimate werewolf whereas right. you will but whereas for example though however that that's also tricky that production aside some of the heavier, like, harder-to-play games, like uh, Marco Polo, that's not going to hit the table anywhere near as much as, like, say, Happy Salmon, but I would still say it's a better game. And that's why we have, like, the the replay value aspect of it, because we have the time and scaling there. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, uh, this goes for... <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, well, the the point of why we do that, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, I don't disagree, but we're trying to take our bias out of it. Yeah, that's the big why. thing is the that's why we have these criteria. We don't want our yeah. bias. So if I like a game more, and, and we both agree on it, but what right. is statistically better game on our point scales? Right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that thank you for the feedback. But yeah, tabletop help. Yeah, this is it's always an ever ever growing thing. So Foundations of Realms, like I was saying, is one of the easiest games to play. It is by far simple enough where it's like it's an auction. Hey, I'm going to spend coins on this, or I get money. Or there's like three things you can do: auction, try to buy something, get coins, or build on your right. city. It's that simple. But the choices in this one is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The I don't know about the replay value because the two games I played are fairly the same game. So I don't know if I get that replay value. I played twice. That's all I can say is that, and it pretty much felt the same way. Mind yeah. you, I didn't get the same buildings out or I didn't do the, the same sure. stuff that I yeah, did. Functionally, functionally it just felt the same. Uh, but honestly, what Tabletop was saying about it, it was a fun, fun game. Now, I... Don't think it moves on past Dark Tower, though, unfortunately. I really do like Foundations of Rome a lot, but Dark Tower does a lot of things well. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, is that over to me already? Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of conceding already? I'm kind of conceding yeah. on this one. As it's much as because, I... it, yes, it, it gets ease of play and maybe meaningful choice, too. Mm-hmm. But... Art and production, yes, of course, Dark Tower. That's a given, right? The, the art game immersion. The stuff. game immersion, the production of the app alone. Yeah. All that's great. The replay value, the game immersion, all of those, yes, it is slightly more beholden to random yes. than Foundations of Rome. But that doesn't mean that overall it's it's a worse game. It's a worse game, yeah. Just because it's, because it, that's what that fun factor is in there, is that everything else that this does ramps it up to 11. The, it, Return it, to Dark Tower sets such a high standard now for board games. It really that does. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like app-integrated board, uh, board games. Like yeah. Mansions of Madness, second edition. That's a great game. I love the app integration right. in that game. But what what it did, it was like the grandfather, and then Return to Dark Tower took that ball yeah. and ran with it. Yeah, it did. They, they pulled all the stops. I mean, that tower alone has Bluetooth. It has infrared sensors. <laughs> It has app integration. It has LEDs, motors. servo motors. It has um, speakers on it. It has ways to detect that there's, where the skulls are. You know, it has movable parts. Yeah, my favorite thing about Return to Dark Tower, and I, I'll say this, is like the movable parts, yeah. is when it has those lights and they light yeah. up and you're like, please don't be me, please don't be me, please don't yeah. ah! And then a pile of skulls, skulls just dumps fly. right on you. It's hilarious. Like that's that's that game immersive. That's that memorable moment where you where you see that that is the only time I've ever seen tokens fall out of a machine like like a slot machine. Yeah, and everyone hates every second of it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and yes, uh, great until they stop supporting the app. But uh, right. I mean, this is going to be like their one of their evergreens. Now I feel like it will like with from the sales that I've seen so far at just our store, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we're a pretty small town, 100,000, yeah. you know, it's not and too it's, big. And it's not a cheap game, and yet you yeah. keep um, selling yeah. out on it. Yes, yeah, exactly. I Again, yeah, sure, it could have that that app integration, you know, but now I'm, I'm less worried about um, unsupported app. apps, and yeah. I'll tell you why. I used to play this game on the computer called Step Mania. Oh, by the way, we're, we're in agreement, Return to Dark Tower moves on? Probably. I have a reason for this. No, my tangent being is that um, 
uh, I was I was talking to a friend of mine who used to play Stepmania with me, and it's like a DDR clone for the computer. Yeah, yeah. And he was telling me how he just bought a new pad. This was like two nights ago. I was like, wait, is Stepmania even a thing anymore? He's like, yes, absolutely. And he sent me a link. He was like, yeah, they still support it. They still do this. And so, like, even though, like, the original people don't support That's it. That's him. It, he, no. he's, he has the, like, uh, do you <laughs> no. ever see the, the Disney movie? My Hawk? reasoning. It's Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. No, my reasoning being is that if there is enough fan base on it, it will never not be supported. It might not be supported by restoration. There might not be more content being created yeah. by them. But it will never not be functional ever. They will always find a way to adapt it to whatever technology that, that because true. of how much bigger this is. This is hands down, maybe with the exception of probably Mansions of Madness or something like that, this is probably the biggest app-integrated board game that I've seen, like one of the most popular. Uh, well, popular, yes. I'll give you that because yes. uh, he, he mentioned Golem Arcana and World of Yo-Ho. Right, yeah, but those those didn't even come close to selling like the, the what Return yeah. of Dark Tower is. Here, here's the big right. thing about it is I bought Return to Dark Tower, uh, just the base game and one of the expansions. I didn't buy the mini yes. expansion. I actually went to the store after I played it to buy the mini expansion, mini's expansion for the yeah. store because I wanted to make it prettier. Uh, but the fact that that was the last one for there, and the yes. fact the first time you demoed it, you sold out. Yes. It tells you the game is well-loved, even for this small area. We're on our, I think, second restock. Yeah, yeah. so it is a phenomenal game. Yes. It, it sells in stores, even for that price, because once right. you bust out that tower and show it to people, they're just like... Right. Okay. <laughs> now, now, there is a valid argument. What about a thousand years from now, right? Like, if it somehow lasts that long... Yeah. Which, are, I mean, let's be real, nothing will. But if it did, yeah. right, you could take a board game like Foundations of Rome and you could play it still. There's not a guarantee you could play that. But this is 2022 and we're talking about best <laughs> games of this year. Yeah. And for my money, Return to Dark Tower was just fantastic. So are you in agreement Dark Tower is moving on? I do agree. Return to Dark Tower moves on. Five minutes later, I finally get the answer out of him. All right, we have a final Wonderland Wars versus Dark Tower. I think this is like the second year in a row. It's Kickstarter versus Kickstarter. That's right. <laughs> Read the rule book and then press that. Take my money button. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this year it works. Plus, how many board games are people still playing five years after they come out of board? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Solid point. That's a solid I, point. I wonder what our conversation is going to be when we hit our eight year. Anniversary. Uh, anniversary. <laughs> we do the champions right? of champions. Well, we do the champions of champions. Okay, five years effective? ago. What, what was five years ago? Uh, 20... What year did Mansions of Madness come out? It wasn't that. It's not that new. Probably like 2017 or something like that. That's five years. Stairs at Rising Sun. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't played <laughs> mine in a while. Yes. Still can't get him to play it. I have, I have been wanting to play it. Play it tomorrow. I just don't have to, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just depends That's on the fair. company, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, Fuse is still app-integrated, and mm -hmm. people are still using it. I still play Fuse. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. it's still supported. Right. And it it's a... Trade your copy of Rising Sun. That's fair. Is, is Rising Sun app-integrated at all? Or no? Oh, no, because we, we were just talking about uh, oh, Rising yeah. Sun. Yeah. Um, I still have not played... <laughs> I just... Still have not played Rising Sun. Yeah, Fuse yet. just got a new update. But I'm saying the app is still supported. Fuse has been around for a while. Right. Uh, most of the unlocked games are still supported, too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so, it also depends on the company. Yeah, yeah anything it, Lucky Duck is probably going to be around for a while. Yeah, it's just like, the company it, now. Like, Renegade, like if probably Lucky Duck ever goes out, then maybe. But I yeah. don't see Restoration going anywhere for a while. Yeah, probably not for a while. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we don't know. They're also not a big heavy hitter like the like the big guys. <laughs> I don't know. Dark Tower was a heavy hitter for them. That, that it was a heavy hitter for <laughs> them, but, but that doesn't mean they're a big company, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, these are all worth talking for sure. Uh, Actually, I kind of I saw that coming. Yeah, there's there's been some problems. Uh, the them, after yeah. the what is it the Belfour Kickstarter? I saw that coming. Yeah, it was all right, but minimum three players group is care for those. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving into so our I haven't f- played. That's why I haven't played Return or Rising <laughs> Sun yet. All right, so now our finals: uh, Wonderland's War versus Return to Dark Tower. In this finals, we don't take a side. We argue it base by base, and we see if there's uh, those five different categories. So right now, uh, Corrupt Senate, Tabletop Bellhop, Illuminous, and anybody else who's in the chat listening right now, voice your opinions on those. Again, our five criteria are ease of play, replay value, meaningful choice, game immersion, and art and production. And again, it's Wonderland's War versus Return to Dark Tower. We will break those down here in just a quick moment. Were there some new comments in our in our Facebook poll? Uh, no, I'm just uh, going to read off. Guild of Merchants on our poll had 3% of the vote. Yeah. And Foundations of Rome was 6%, 6% of the vote. 6%. Yep. Very cool. All right, let's move on to the finals. Is there anyone that's uh, jumping out at you? <laughs> well, Tabletop Bellhop put in a good point. Uh, between those two, one of the was what he would buy because you could guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's so... Fair. Which um, one's easier? FFG can die, sure. That's that's a good point. Um, which one is easier between the two? Um, most certainly, I think, Return to Dark Tower is. Uh, I think just because of the nature of co-op. Yeah, uh, from but, the nature of co-op, but also just because, I mean, let's, let's say Wonderland's War is that complicated, but I remember... The two phases is also... The two phases is jarring, whereas on your turn... You do some good things and you do some bad things. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a very fundamental idea of of that one. Um, if you had to pick one to play tomorrow, Return to Dark Tower. Yep, I don't blame you. Uh, let's do art production. Art production, which has the better pieces of components. Uh, Return to Dark Tower, hands down. Hands down. Yes. Graphic design. Um. Yep. And I, I agree. Graphic design. I like the art better in that one, but the, that's also subjective, so. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you could. I the, like the, the art better in Wonderland Wars. I like War, the art in Wonderland Wars because it fits the the, yes. the the Alice in Wonderland oh, theme aspect. Oh, that cover, though, is iconic. The, <laughs> yeah. the giant goblin head, that is what it looks like. <laughs> well, isn't it supposed to be the Cheshire Cat? <laughs> yes, but it looks like a goblin head. <laughs> yeah. But I, I know it. It's burned in my mind right now, so. The art is definitely better on theirs. Um. Yeah, D- Return to Dark Tower is just generic fantasy. It absolutely is. Yeah. But the pieces and components, that tower alone, oh yeah. my goodness, that's that holds it up. All right, so any other ones that jump out at you? Um, Replay value comes out to me, and that's because of the scenario yeah. base. You can play a bunch of different scenarios. There's any... it, you, you have DLC that you have the ability to play. Even the expansions have those. Uh, it has more expansions for... Uh, Return to Dark Tower I think already. It's going to be a clean sweep. It might be. Yeah, because replay value I see as Return to Dark Tower as yes. well. Yes. In game immersion, I get more into that than I did Wonderland One. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I mean the 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 player interaction. There's a little bit, 
Um, but we were actively, you know, having fun. It's like, all right, guys. It's like, well, Daniel's about to go into the dungeon. Let's, uh, we gotta, we gotta, or we gotta help him out. Or that time you were like, hey, hey, are you guys gonna help me with these skulls yeah. over here? But no, yeah. there's river of fire. I'm not gonna lose. Yeah. It's like, no, you're on your own. You're, you're blocked off with that fire. Nah. Nah, sorry, dude. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. So. And the memorable moments. I mean,. Return to Dark Tower has those skull dumpings, right? Yeah, the skull dumpings, or just like when you're like, oh god, don't put the seal on me. Don't don't move the seal this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the seal is a bad thing. So, yeah, it's a clean sweep. Uh, well, that almost never happens. Yeah, five to five, Return to Dark Tower. All right. Winner. Tell us if you agree, guys. Uh, let us know. Art is absolutely subjective. Some, some art is absolutely some art. subjective. You should see some of the games he brings. Yep. Um... I do like darker fantasy over cartoons. I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That seems fair. Cool. So then that means that uh, Return to Dark Tower is our winner this time. Wow! Is that the the first time that's won? Uh, might be. It I won think... the restorations debate, didn't it? No, did I don't. I don't think it was at restor when we did the restoration debate. Yeah. Or if we have not. done one, I have to check the library or the Bible, the Bible. So the votes here. Return to Dark Tower actually only had 7% of yep. the vote. Wonderland's War, the loved game, at 19%. Yep. I'm honestly, you know, and maybe this is my bias against it, because I remember I did not like Wonderland's War all that much. But I, I enjoyed I it for what it I am surprised it got this far. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, honestly, it was fine. It was okay. But again, uh, the big knock for me with the ta- what Tabletop Bellhop says is that um, if you weren't on the Kickstarter, there's no point in getting it. It just, right. it just yeah. it, But it's also the money thing. Yeah. And and so now we're gonna have to see like five years from now. Yeah, bringing up that those solid points. Can we're gonna have to see book? it. Of course, if it's still supported, if it's supported as much, right? And then we can close. This if out. it still holds out, holds out his own. So, uh, definitely, yeah. This is a great. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you ever want to join us in a, one of our live discussions, we love crowd interaction from our viewers. Uh, come check us out at twitch.tv. We tend to film mostly on Tuesdays and around this time, uh, early yeah, mid evening. It was easier for us, the earlier for us than usual. Usually it's around seven mountain yep. standard time. Yep. Uh, just because you're off right I'm now. Off on a break. break. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's uh, been a while. Check us out at twitch.tv slash everyday board games. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. If you ever want to join us uh, or email us, contact us directly, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. This way you can email us on future ideas for future topics or just want to reach out and say hi or even enter in and future contests. That is your ability to do so. As well as you can also get in contact with us on our official Twitter account at EBG Podcast. Now, we haven't been as active lately on that one because Twitter's on fire has. right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you could get in contact us there too. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.